Okay, it's nice to be here this morning. You know, I felt, as Hugh was saying, when he was standing here, I felt a lovely atmosphere as I came in and started talking to people. That was amazing worship, you know. I really feel, you know, the Lord wants to touch our lives this morning. And in this period of time we're in, you know, there's more to come. What we have experienced thus far is not everything that God wants. Yep, always for you. Sorry, that's me on. So, what we're saying is, what we've experienced this far is not the end. The Bible says that, uh, that be, being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. God is not a man that he should lie. God will say, will do what he says he's going to do. And I would read another day. Just read John chapter 6, the Gospel of John chapter 6, and John chapter 10. And it, I, I seen some stuff that was very profound. And I just want to pick out three verses for John chapter 6 then as we continue. Two verses from John chapter 10. In John chapter 6, I'm going to read verse 33, 35, and 57. But there's many other verses within this which are saying the same thing. So John chapter 3, uh, John chapter 6, verse 33, it says this. It's Jesus speaking, and he says this. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Verse 35, it says, And Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger, and he who believes in me shall never thirst. Verse 57 of the same chapter, it says, As the loving Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, so he who feeds on me will live because of me. And within those three verses, within many other verses, within some passages there, in John chapter 6, Jesus is telling us something, and he's saying that he is the one who came down from heaven and gives life to the world. Then he goes on to say, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger. And he who believes in me shall never thirst. Meaning we can draw off of him as the source of life. He is the one who can sustain us, who gives us our sustenance to, for life. Verse 57, it says, As the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, so he who feeds on me will live because of me. He is saying that we have to feed on him. And what Jesus is talking about here really is a personal experience with him. A personal experience which is supernatural. You know, very supernatural. When he says we can feed on him 
and that will impart life to us. Meaning he is, he is our only source. He is the source of life. And when he speaks of this personal experience, he's really talking about a supernatural encounter with him, which can become ongoing, which can be, change really the, the direction of our lives, which can be life-changing. See, outward things, things within the circumstances, they can be here today and gone tomorrow. What do you mean by that? We, everything began to lock down in, in, in March 2020 and everything just came to a halt. You know, within one week, the things that most people were doing just stopped like that. In a moment of time, they stopped. See, I think many things in life, they can be subject to change. Even within jobs, within churches, uh, within people's careers, within even what they're doing for God, it can change like that. You know, because life comes with seasons. You know, one season is different from the next. There can be seasons within your life where you feel very productive. Then you can move into another season and you feel you're not doing really anything. It's, it's, you're not that productive. And it's the same even with relationships including key relationships, not, not in every case, but you can have relationships with certain people one day, including key relationships, they can be here one day and gone the next. And the point I'm trying to make is God wants to establish something within our lives, but it's really, first and foremost, it is about relationship with Him. And when everything changes within circumstances, he is our source of life, drawn from him, as the living Father sent me. And I live because of the Father. So he who feeds on me will live because of me. It is profound words for Jesus Christ himself that he is our source of life. You know, he, he is the one who nourishes us, you know, and establishes us in that relationship, in that experience. Jesus says to the Pharisees, the Pharisees were, were the, the leaders of the day, and he says this, he says, you are greatly mistaken, mistaken, not knowing the scriptures, nor the power of God. See, they were involved in a religious system, and involved in a system of religion, you know, of keeping rules and, and going through the motions but he says, you're greatly mistaken, I mean, you've completely missed it. He says, not knowing the scriptures, not the power of God. And he was saying, this is not about religion. It is not about going through the motions, it is about an experience. In these three verses within John chapter 6, John chapter 6 meaning, I am the bread of life. You know, that's the chapter, that's, that's what some of the passages are speaking about. These three verses, among other verses, obviously I can't read them all, but are speaking of Jesus being our source of life, that we have to draw off him. In the year 2020, you know, years ago God spoke to me, but before I started the, the Thursday night meeting in Motherwell, and he spoke to me very clearly and he showed me that he had a plan for my life, and, and, and that involved some type of ministry, but it was going to be significant. And 
I spoke about that over the years and thought about it over the years. But in last year, you know, I really came into a place where it never had, it never meant the same thing, it never meant to me what it had meant before. Really, God began to bring it into its rightful place. And I came to the place where I, I began to say, well, if God uses me again, he uses me. Everything had shut down. If he doesn't, he doesn't. I don't really care. You know, I don't, I don't really care anymore because things can be here today and gone tomorrow. But Jesus remains the same. The Bible says that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. It also says, I am the Lord, I change not. See, things can be here one day and gone the next. And the fact is, what are we putting our trust in? You know, what are we establishing our lives on? Jesus says that about the rock. The wise man is him who builds his house upon the rock. He says, when the storms come, when things begin to change, those whose house, that, that person whose house is built on the rock will stand, will stand. So what we build our lives on, but though him who builds his house on the sand, you know, that house will crash and it will fall. I know a man, he phoned me up during the, the I think it was last year, we, we Ian, he's about 80. A nice wee Christian man. And I says, how's your son getting on? He says, we don't see him much. His son is very successful. Lives in Edinburgh. And his wife is very successful uh, within their careers. And success is a good thing. You know, it is a good thing. I think God wants people to be successful. But it's got to be in its rightful place. The Bible says, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth, subdue and take dominion. He's meaning he's wanting us to increase. He's wanting us to spread out. He's wanted us to do, be, do something significant. But the daughter-in-law, she had these poured some, a lot of money into these different business interests, uh, properties, and this was before, just, just before 2020. And she was establishing all these different business endeavors. And because everything shut down in the March, it all crashed. It completely crashed everything. And the man says to me, now she's saying she's got post-traumatic stress disorder. She may well have, I don't know, but when he says he wasn't so sure about that. He says she's traumatized because everything within her world and everything within her life is crashed. You know, everything is gone. See, this is the thing. Outward things they can be here today and they can be gone tomorrow. You know, and that woman, her trust and her hope was in these outward things. But Jesus says, as the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, so he who feeds on me will live because of me. Jesus Christ was saying, you need, I need, first and foremost, a personal experience with me. That's, that's, that is what, what will sustain you in this life. You know, everything else has got to become secondary. Even what we do for God. See, even what we do for God can change in a moment of time. Can change. We've seen that last year where everything stopped, even church stopped, ministry stopped. Everything can totally stop within a week. Within a week, you know, that takes a bit of doing. See, one of the reasons why in the year 2020, 
I began to realise everything on the outside is it's not as important as what you think it is. And the reason being, you know, if you are not restored on the inside, if I am not restored on the inside, how can you function and enjoy things on the outside? And I've came to, to, to believe, came to the conclusion that the more we are established in our relationship with God, the more we are established, the more that takes preeminence in our lives, the more it takes first place, it's the more we are restored. There has got to be a correlation, you know, there's got to be a correlation between both of them. The Apostle Paul, you know, he'd done many things for God, but he came to the place in Philippians chapter 3, where he says, But what things were gained to me, these I have counted lost for Christ. And he says, All this stuff, he says, I counted as rubbish, that I may gain Christ. He says, he brought it out about four times within the one passage. Then he goes on to say, That I may know him. That I may know him. That became his heart's desire. But I really came to believe that the more we find them, the more he restores us, the more he makes us whole. See, one of the things salvation means is it means wholeness, to be made whole. It comes from the, the, the word sozo, and it just doesn't mean forgiveness. It means healing, deliverance, and to be made whole. And the question is, you know, this morning we need to ask ourselves, where is your security? You know, what are we placing our security in? I'm just going to go to John chapter 10, and this is read two verses for John chapter 10, and it's verse 27 and 28. And it's Jesus speaking again, and he says this It says, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish, and no one can snatch them out of my hand. And again, within these two verses, he describes himself in John chapter 6 as the bread of life, John chapter 10 as the good shepherd. And again, in these two verses, and other verses as well within this chapter, he's talking about an experience. My sheep hear my voice, that's an experience. If we are hearing the voice of God, really, many times are mostly through the Word of God. When the Word of God comes alive to us, that is, it means we're hearing the voice of God. My sheep hear my voice, I know them, and they follow me. Again, an experience, he's saying it's not religion here. This is not about religion, this is about a personal experience, a personal encounter which can become ongoing within a life with Jesus Christ. He's going to say, and I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish, and no one can snatch them out of my hand. See, other things, as I said already, outward things are subject to change, even within our human relationships, even within sometimes key relationships, they are subject to change. Why? Because because of Adam's sin, there can be conflict and differences within human relationships, within key relationships. I know people who, they, they had some key relationships and they were wrong with that. 
like that in a moment of time. I've experienced something like that as well. You know, about 18 months ago, people who had key relationships when it was gone like that, changed like that, in one day, you know, everything changed. But what Jesus says here is, I give them eternal life, they shall never perish, and no one can snatch them out of my hand. So what Jesus is saying is, I can bring you, I can bring you, he can bring me, into a personal experience with him, a personal relationship, which is an experience, it's an ongoing experience, but cannot be breached. It cannot be breached. If you choose to stay in that relationship, in right relationship with him, he says, no one can snatch you out of my hand. He's saying that is not subject to change if you continue to follow me. My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me and I give them eternal life and they shall never perish and no one can snatch them out of my hand. See, Christ will never ever let us down. You know, never ever. He can't, he, he's perfect. He's infallible. We can let each other down. We can disappoint each other. But he says, this is one relationship where it will never, cannot be breached. But it's not subject to change because I am the Lord. He says, I change not. And really, this is what I'm trying to say here. I heard the Alistair Matheson saying this, and I'm only repeating it, and this is some of the stuff I'm saying here, just a couple of weeks ago I heard him saying it. I'm only repeating it because I can relate to it. And he says, during the lockdown, he says, God brought many of us into a place where we begin to realise, and this is what God wants to do with everybody. He brought many of us into a place where we begin to realise our security in this life has got to come from relationship with God. It has got to, because things, things can change in a moment of time. Our security, we have got to drop with him. And this is what these verses are saying. You know, this is it. No one can snatch them out of my hand. Jesus Christ himself wants to bring us into a living experience with him. A living encounter. An experience with God is life-changing and it changes the direction of our lives. When, when it's real, I'm talking about when it is alive. When Christ becomes the number one thing in our life. There was a man in the Bible by the name of Zacchaeus and Jesus was passing by and he couldn't see because of the crowd the Bible says he could not see and he could have let that opportunity pass him by but he says no he says I'm going to climb up on that tree and I'm going to look to I see the Messiah Jesus Christ the living Christ and when he seen Jesus he took notice of Jesus Jesus took notice of him and says today I will come to your house. And Zacchaeus began to have an encounter with Jesus Christ which changed his life. You know, he done, made the first move. Jesus looked at him and says, today I will come to your house. And he said to him, Zacchaeus says to him, Lord, he says, I'll give half of my goods to the poor. And if I've took anything from anyone by false accusation, he says, I will uh, pay back four times as much. I'll restore fourfold. Why did that happen? Because something changed on the inside of him. 
Why did something change? Because he had an encounter with Jesus Christ. And it is the same for us. We, when we have an encounter with Jesus Christ, something begins to change on the inside of him. See, Jesus is the bread of life. And he's also the good shepherd. The bread of life means we have to draw our source of life, that which will sustain us from him. And the good shepherd is the one who cares for us, the one who meets every need. What is an experience with Christ? It's really about experiencing him in a supernatural way through the word of God, the word of God coming alive, experiencing the presence of God. The Bible says at times of refreshing, Will come from the presence of God and it's really in that relationship that we find out who we are and him from that relationship I should say we find out who we are you know we find out that from him and what we're called to do will flow out of that place we have got to get the order right you know that it's relationship first but the other stuff can come and it can go in John chapter 21, uh, after Jesus' resurrection, he uh, spoke to Peter, and Peter had denied him three times, but Jesus began to speak to him and restore him and show him grace. And in the same way, Jesus had been a shepherd to Peter and, and, and others as well. He says to Peter, Peter, do you love me? You know, do you love me? And Peter says, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He says, intend my sheep. You know, then he says to him again, Peter, do you love me? He says, Lord, you, you know that I love you. He says, then feed my lambs. Then he says to him the third time, Peter, do you love me? And he says, Lord, why, why do you keep asking? You know that I love you. He says, feed my sheep. See, what is really important you know, it's not what we're doing, but it's who we are becoming. You know, who we are becoming is in the same way that Jesus is the bread of life to us and the good shepherd. You know, he's a good shepherd, but he cares for us, he meets our needs. And they say in the time that he's doing that, in that process of him, you know, touching our lives, we are becoming something. You know, we're becoming something, and what are we becoming? Well, what he was doing was he was commissioning, he was commissioning Peter to be a shepherd. You know, in the same way that Jesus is the good shepherd, you know, he was commissioning Peter also to be a shepherd to the people. He says, if you love me, I want you to meet the needs of others. You know, I want you to care for others. I want you to meet the needs of others. And I believe, you know, God wants to do that within our lives changes to such a degree where we are wanting to meet the needs of others. We are wanting to meet human need. You know, this is the commission that he gave Peter. And I believe that is a commission that he would give us. Feed my sheep, tend my lambs, feed my, uh, tend my sheep. You know, he says it in just slightly different ways, but it, it, it's all the same. And I heard Rick Warren recently I thought that's really, really interesting. And he spoke about I me, mean, I'm not against, I mean, I mean, I think God does want, God wants to bless people, you know, and, and the Bible's very clear, he wants to prosper us, you know, and he wants to touch our lives in many different ways, but it's got to be in its rightful place. You know, and I heard Rick Warren saying this, he says, 
our houses, our cars, our careers, you know, our, our whatever qualifications, what, even what we're doing, you know, how we're serving God. He says, really, it's not as important as what you think it is. You've got to get it in its rightful place, meaning what is really important and what you will take away you is the person God is making you into be. And how does God do that? Well, he does it when we begin to live and experience with him. The first verse I mentioned where Jesus says, For I am the bread of God. I am the true bread of God who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. We need to draw off his life. And he goes on to say, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger. And he who believes in me shall never thirst. We have to draw from his life. Uh, as the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, so he who feeds on me, feed, but to feed on him, will live because of me. He is saying we have to draw a source of life from him. Get it from him. That's the only, the only place where we can get it. Then as he goes on to say, in John chapter 10, verse 27 and 28, my sheep hear my voice, but to hear his voice in that word, and I know them, and they follow me, and I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish, and no one shall snatch them out of my hand. See, as I said already, things that in our circumstances are subject to change, but one thing is not subject to change, is our experience with him, our relationship with him. He's saying it cannot be breached, and it's in that place that he changes. It's in that place he restores us. It's in that place we draw of his life. It's in that place we begin to have a supernatural experience with him. A supernatural experience with his life changing. You know, it will change the direction of our lives. It's in that place that we begin to get things in the rightful order. You know, what is the rightful order? When we begin to realise in this life, last year when I came to that kind of realisation, I had been seeking God for many, many, many years. Many years, reading the Word of God for many, many, many years. But it was only last year, uh, during the lockdown, and, and, and all the way since then, that I began to realise relationship with God is 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 has got to have priority over everything. You know, relationship with God. God God is wants to establish me in relationship with Him, where everything else pales in comparison with that. Even being used by God, even having some sort of ministry or doing things for God. You know, it's it's not about us. It is not about us, and it's not even what we do for God. It's only Christ and us that makes a difference. You know, Jay Fallon tells a story. He's told this story so, so, so I can tell it. And he was a young Christian and he was just out of Teen Challenge. And he went to Hugh Black and he began to tell him about all these gifts he had. I'm a good communicator, I'm good at this, I'm good at that, and I want to go to your church. And Hugh Black said this to him. He said, uh, he says, you want to be in my church? He says, I don't want you in my church unless God wants you in my church. 
You see all this stuff you've just told me about, you're good at this, you're good at that, and you're good at that. He says, this side of eternity, you are nothing. He says, in the other side of eternity, he says, you, you are still nothing. He says, it's only Christ in you that makes a difference. And that's why I'm saying it's not about us. You know, it's not even about what we're doing for God. It's only Christ in us that makes a difference. And, and, and who Christ is making us to be. And what I'm trying to say is it's really that relationship where it's got to take first priority in our life. It's got to take the preeminence. And other things can flow for that. But other things can come and go. And, and, and you'll no you'll no move. And God takes everything if God takes everything away. If you your roots are established in God, then you won't budge. You won't move. So I'm just going to pray and give it back to Graham. So thank you so much for listening. Father, we come before you, Lord, with our own issues, Lord, with our own struggles, Lord, with the own areas of our life that are maybe not fully restored, Lord. But we pray, Lord, that you will speak to us, Lord, and make it clear to us what things are important in this life. Lord, we know what the scriptures are saying, what is important an experience with you, a personal experience with you, where we're drawn off of you, Lord, where you are the source of our sustainability, Lord, in this life, that you are sustaining this, Lord, and we're hearing the voice of God, Lord, a relationship, Lord, that cannot be breached, that no one is not subject to change, Lord, in, in a way that you, that you do changes, Lord, and the relationship goes deeper, but it cannot be breached. It cannot be here one day and gone tomorrow, the same as other things. So Lord, I pray you would give us that knowledge, Lord, that understanding. Lord, I pray for anybody in here this morning, Lord, who's struggling with fear, Lord, health issues, Lord, anxiety, Lord, that you would touch them, Lord, you would bring comfort, Lord, you would show them that you know what you're doing, you have their best interests at heart, Lord, you know all things. You know the beginning from the end. You, you, you know the bit in between. Lord, I just pray, Lord. It says, the Lord will perfect that which concerns me. And this, at the back of it, it says, be still and know that I am God. I'll be exalted among the nations. I'll be exalted in the earth. Lord, that we can be still and know that you are God. You are in control of all things. It says, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me. So Lord, I pray you would touch our lives afresh this morning, Lord. Raise it, give us that commission that you gave to Peter as to share, to, to care for the people, to meet the needs of the people, to be a shepherd to the people. Sometimes, Lord, we know that starts within our own families. That you would change us, Lord, that we would want to meet the needs of others in the same way that you're a shepherd to us. Help us be shepherds, Lord, to those we come into contact with. So, Lord, I just thank you for this service, Lord. This just the atmosphere here today, Lord, the, the, the worship, Lord, everything that's been said already, Lord, and which you say is about unity, Lord. It says God commands a blessing, life forevermore. It's a, it's a commanded blessing 
which brings life. Lord, and you would just touch us, Lord, this day in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen.